Good morning, this is Train by Grace with Catherine Elizabeth. Um, this morning we're going to discuss Genesis 2. And it's kind of the third telling of creation. There's that very first sentence that kind of sums up God created the heavens and the earth. Then there's the second section in chapter 1 that explains the days of creation and how God brought about the creation in short. And then there's the day of rest described at the beginning of chapter 2. And then we get to see this beautiful section. This is the rest of chapter 2. It goes back again and gives us a more full description of God's handiwork and specificity and thoughtfulness and the extent to which creation was good is seen in this chapter too and if we didn't have this I think our picture of what Eden was would be very incomplete. And yet so many times we go over the first and the second descriptions and we kind of skip this one. Um, with some small exceptions. So let, let, let me just read it. We're going to start in Genesis 2 verse 4. These are the generations first time that word kind of an important thing of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens when no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up for the Lord had not caused it to rain on the land so apparently some of those things waited until there was rain and there was no man to work the ground and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Verse 7, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground. God literally being the potter, we literally being the clay, God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. What an amazing thing. Like CPR, only several levels and complexities higher than that. It's amazing. And the man became a living creature. Verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. So out of all this creation, God creates a garden. made for this man and out of the verse 9 and out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food the tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so we know right here that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is pleasant to the sight and good for food so is the tree of life so is every tree in the garden. 
There's multitudes of choices here. Verse 10, a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. So there's one river in the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed. And it's interesting because there's two different verb tenses used regarding these rivers. Because we still know two of these rivers. We don't know the other two rivers as well. We have some guesses. And believe it or not, they can be geographically mapped. For the most part. Like I said, the other two are a little hard to map. Um, the name of the first of the Pishon, it is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. By the way, if you look into where Solomon got his gold, it's from Havilah. So they knew where that one was. Verse 12, and the gold of that land is good. Bedellium and onyx stone are there. Verse 13, the name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. Verse 14, and the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. And we're very familiar with the Tigris and the Euphrates. So if you wonder about Genesis of Genesis here, the actual geographical reality of Genesis, we still have two rivers that flowed from Eden. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So he gave him a job. Verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. Verse 17, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. There's some debate about day. There's some debate about what die means. But what we know is this. Evil causes sin. Sin causes death. Evil remains to be defined in the Bible. So we're going to wait for that definition. Sin remains to be defined in the Bible. So we're going to wait for that definition. Death remains to be defined in the Bible. And to be honest, Adam would have had very little concept of what death actually was. But God gives him this command. And sometimes we need to understand. We don't always understand the consequences of a command. When you command a child, don't touch that fire. It'll burn you. The child has no concept of fire or burn. In that sense. Adam had that same lack of understanding because he had lack of experience. Um, then the Lord God said it is not good. God found something in his creation here not good. And he didn't finish his creation from what we were told earlier, until this was rectified. According to this chapter and that chapter, we just didn't understand the dilemma here. Verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. 
Now out of the ground, verse 19, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. If you're into etymology, go back into the names of creatures. Some of them are very, very old. Anyway, verse 20, The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. Wouldn't have that been an interesting day? Having God bring to you all the livestock and the birds of the heavens and every beast of the field. Notice he doesn't, he doesn't name the ocean creatures. Um, but to have that time with God where he calls every living creature and, and, and he gets the privilege of naming them. Um, verse 20, but for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him at the end of that verse. So verse 21, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up it closed up its place with flesh verse 22 and the rib that the lord god had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man women still have one more rib than man again if you're looking at this and going really really this is the genesis this is the beginning there's so many beginning stories why this one okay go find out women have one more rib than man Okay, verse 23, then the man said, so he goes to this deep sleep, this rib is taken out, this, this is a wonderful verb, by the way, um, when he, this, this verb is different than all the verbs before, as far as made is concerned, this verb is architected, God architected women. This is a specially built design. Women, don't lose that. God made you woman. And that's a very special thing. Um, not man. Out of man. There's a whole poem about not from his feet, not from his head, but from his side. Um, there's, there's a poem about that. Um, it's got some prof profound meaning to it, but we're going to stick with the scripture today. And so the man is obviously woken up. Um, verse 23, he's looked all day. And I, I wonder if Adam had the idea that, okay, here's, Here's the male and female of every animal. God brings him all of these animals. And he's thinking, where's mine? Where's, where's my other half? Or whether God tells him, you look, see if there's, there's somebody, see if there's out of all this creation, somebody fit for you. Or whether both of those things happen. But here, the man understands that this is the fulfillment. And you hear the man sing. His wow. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. 
she shall be called woman, which is Adama, because she was taken out of man, Adam. He doesn't even give her really a separate name. He gives her a separate gender article, actually, um, so that they're distinguishable as separate name-wise, but it's not really a different name. This is that shared name. And verse 24, therefore, okay, interestingly enough, here's, here's our first conclusion, our therefore. We can't understand this unless we understand the whole story before that. A man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The point of marriage is to get back to this Eden moment, to get back to this wow, to get back to this one name together, to walk through life together. Verse 25, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. There are lots of things that evil brings, and people think, oh, it's because of people point out what should be and people point out holy that makes shame happen. No. What happens? There was no shame here. Evil brings shame. So, just so we get the order of that correct. But let's just exult in this chapter. Read it again. What of that world would you not want in this world? So we're going to take a break for a second, and I want you to think through that, and then we're going to join in a prayer, thanking God for his good creation. So if you would like to, and you're a believer in this God of creation, join me in prayer to him. God, Father God, God of creation, you created so much it was so good and you gave us a warning about there was something outside of goodness but we your goodness was so good that there was no experience of that in eden and lord we long for the day that there will no longer be experience of evil or sin or death or shame we long for that day from our inner being but Lord, help us to enjoy chapter 2 and help us to enjoy what is left of chapter 2. The goodness that you have left with us, the mercy that you have overflow through us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your kindness and your incredible forethought and foresight into what we needed in our world and help us to follow you even when we don't totally experientially understand there are things you don't want us to experience but you're going please don't do that and there are things that you create for us and relationships you create for us that you say jump jump in and lord just help us to under to appreciate you as the designer and appreciate your design to the 
to the extent that we can on this earth until we are renewed with you completely. We see with unveiled eyes. Lord, help us to appreciate as much as we can what you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>